All righty, welcome to a special Thursday night musical osmosis where intelligent dissident thought meets melodic euphonious reality. I am your musically magnanimous host, Nick the Saucy One Cat Source, broadcasting to you as always from the top of Meth Mountain, Tennessee. And I also want to introduce my lovely, my charming, my magnificent producer, D Maven. D the producer. A girl I'm with many D. names. Mm-hmm. Just, just D. You should change your name to a symbol. Yeah, I I don't. I have a feeling that when Prince did that, it cost a whole lot of money. So I don't think I'm gonna do that anytime soon. But if I did, if I ever changed my name to a symbol, it would be a triketa. So what's a triketa? That's the symbol that I have on my lower back, um, also known as the little, the charmed symbol. Like no relation, but I like it. It's kind of. um, yeah, it's kind of like I a think I would be thing. the golden ratio. Maybe I will Ooh. change my name to that. I wonder how I get that on the paperwork. Good luck. To change my name to the golden ratio. That's all I got to say about that. that would be um, no Odell tonight. And this is nope. our last episode before we launch our new musical osmosis. <sighs> Assuming that I don't blow everything up and burn it all to the ground first. Um, just saying, for those of you who are thinking about it, website building is nothing to sneeze at. It just... Oh, but you did an awesome job with Tin Can, so well, thank you. I have total competency in your web building skills. Uh, that makes one of us. <laughs> I think you own it. <laughs> and also, um, tonight, I don't know if I said this last episode, because we're kind of doing these out of orders, but I want to dedicate tonight's episode to my cousin Pete, who passed away, what has it been, about three weeks now? Something like that. Yeah, yeah, not even. Or no, probably right about three weeks. Um yeah, that that sucks. But you gotta admit, he lived and died doing exactly what he wanted to do. He went out on his own terms. It's just, mm-hmm. um, I don't know. I know my family didn't really agree with his lifestyle choices. But hey, to their benefit, I thought I was gonna go in there and like you know into the memorial because you know my family—they're very conservative, proper Greek people. Oh yeah. I thought it was gonna be kind of like fucking hateful. And stuff, yeah. but they were actually like, we will remember Pete for the man he was, not to who he became the last couple of years. So I was actually surprised that nobody was actually saying anything negative about him. Coming right. from my family, who can make any, like, they could exactly. destroy an episode of Punky Brewster and be like, commies. So I was, like, <laughs> surprised that they had nothing negative to say. Yep. I, on the other hand, will remember Pete for exactly who I knew him to be. And that is a person who made every choice on purpose. Um, and he said he wanted to do something. And by God, he did it. Whether it, I mean, whether it's good for him or not, he he did what he wanted to do. And um, we no only denial, have so much time. No denial, no shame. And he said he's going yeah. out on his own terms. And there's a whole backstory. I, I, I know now it's just like we're having a phone conversation. I know, right? There's a whole backstory to that that maybe I'll get into on another episode, but I did want to dedicate this episode to him because he's on my mind every day. He was one person I could call that was totally non-judgmental. He was the only person, like one of the things I said after the funeral and kind of interacting with my family, many for the first time in a, you know quite some time, three, four years, was like, man, the only person I could call that would understand what it was like being in that room with all those people would be Pete. And would he's not him. Here. Right. Yeah. Only one who would actually get it, and he's mm-hmm. not. Me and him were like the outsiders. Yeah. 
Yeah, he's a great guy. All right. So now that we've brought everybody down. <laughs> yeah, what a great way to go into a show, right? <laughs> I no, it's okay. The episode too. By the way, we're gonna have um, Sacred Reich, Unwoman, uh, Brum, which is a doom metal band, Weird Paul. We're gonna have a bunch of people on our two-hour um, launch episode on August twenty-first. Oh, and we're going to try to do that live. Oh, we are? Okay. <laughs> no, yeah, it's going to be great. Um, you know, we did a 12-hour episode. We can do two. It's fine. Um, no, I am I think this is going to be a very, it's going to be a very interesting show. Um, what a way to kick off musicalosmosis.com than just, ta-da! You know. I know, we lost a little bit of originality not being on a dot media now. Yeah, but everybody's like, what do you mean dot media? So it's like media.com? And I'm like, no, just tin can dot media. Yeah, that's right. Just... Yeah, people are kind of too dumb to get the URL. <sighs> All right. You're right. You're right. It's better going to com. All right, let's get today's guest in here. Tonight's guests are Savage Sirens of the Guitar, as well as the Sword, hailing from the mysterious and mystical land of Lestonia. I hope I'm saying that right. Um, let us give a warm, hearty Viking welcome to Sapphic Musk. Hello, ladies. Huzzah! Call. Hello. Hello. We're not used to juggling three guests at once, so please introduce yourself and what part you play in the band. Go ahead, ladies. Oh, well, I'm Christina, or Yelva, which means, whoa, she-wolf in uh, Old North. I love it. and 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 I play bass and bring the dragon. Nice. You are the beast on bass. And Mia, what do you do? I, uh, my name is Mia, and I play the guitar. <laughs> Very nice. <laughs> amongst, other, amongst other things behind the scenes, but uh, that's most of what I do. All righty, and we have one Viking left. Sarah, you want to introduce yourself, let everyone know what you do? Sure. I am the lead singer, and um, I, I do the sword brandishing. Right on. Nice. Let me kind of start with this because I'm a little fanboy who grew up loving bands like Alice Cooper and Ronnie James Dio. I'm very much into the theatric component of music. I think music is a show and um, it's not just, you know, when I go see a band, that's just kind of standing there, no matter how technically proficient they are. I like mm. it better when they're show, even if they're kind of sloppy. I played in a punk band and we we're extremely sloppy, but we put on a whole stage show. And um, I also when I was in my metal days, I tended to go more to the power metal bands like Sabotage and Halloween, like the more mystical bands. So as somebody who mm. grew up in that world, I can tell you that I love what you guys do. Oh, thank, oh, thank you. you. And yeah, not for nothing. I got to mention real quick, Mia, I love your guitar work on Viking Love, by the way. Oh, thanks so much. That was a really fun <laughs> song uh, to work on. Um, you know, Sarah had just some really great ideas and we you know wanted to make it kind of dramatic and fun and spinal tap and all that other stuff so uh that one was kind of like an epic <laughs> adventure to uh put together but we really like playing it and it's one of our more theatric songs as well Epic is a good word too. It's the song D can tell you because me and D are together and we, you know, we live together and she's around me almost 24 seven. And when I get obsessive with a band, I play the same songs over and over again. <laughs> and that's the song 
song that I played a hundred times in a row. Yeah, the other right. one probably about eighty times in a row. Yeah. <laughs> Fortunately, it was so. Sometimes I merely tolerate the sounds that are coming from his computer, but this week was good. I was like, okay, okay. yeah, I got this. That's been like about this. two weeks now, so yeah. more in rotation than usual because we had a little mm-hmm. bit of break. All right, let's talk yeah. about you guys' origin um, because from what I was reading, and I'm sure this is correct, Sarah, the name of the band actually came from your perfume line. Yeah, I sometimes make perfumes, and I had some different ones I was doing, and Sapphic Musk was one which I thought sounded funny and we needed a name for a band. We kind of threw this band together like overnight. We were opening for a friend and we're like, let's just call it Sapphic Musk. It's so ridiculous. So we did because we needed the name and then we're like, Oh shit, this band is fun. Let's keep doing it. And then we have the name and there you have it. Just think if you would have picked like Chanel number no. five or Axe Body Spray, it probably wouldn't have worked out. No, no. Copyright. <laughs> yes, I think that was a good call. And, you know, one of the things I was wondering as I was kind of watching a presentation, and we're going to talk a little bit about your kittens video too, is being a theater, like a theatrical band and having a lot that meets the eye. Does it amp it up every tour to have to kind of top yourself or does everything exist in a vacuum? And you're like, all right, this stage show is different, but we're not in competition with the last stage show. Um, Well, that's a good question. I think that for me, um, I, I always try to keep it fresh and try to stay inspired as a performer. So I am trying to um, have new stuff. We do a lot of the same stuff live because we play a lot of shows and you can't always, you know, rewrite a whole theatrical element. Mm-hmm. Um, but when we have to do it over and over again, I, you know, we just try to have fun and make sure we're just real present and in the moment when we do it. Um, and if it's a new audience or a new crowd that sees it, it's the first time for them. And so it's important to remember that also, you know. Um, that that we're we're performing our little thing for them, even if it's a little bit, um, you know, if it's been done for us, you know. Um, does that make but sense? as you move from album to album, do you feel a need to go? Okay, last stage show we did X. Now we got to do X, Y, and Z. Are you always feeling like oh, you yeah. have to top yourselves? We yeah, are. We yeah, like we do that. Yeah. Mm. Very Christina, cool. Christina, like when Christina joined the band, she. Um, brought the dragons yeah. and that was a whole other a whole other uh you know level and we're always talking about ideas that we have that oh we can do this and this and then we'll crack up and um you know it's it's definitely something that grows I think don't you Christina I mean yeah no definitely I mean we like to go and go to theme parks and we like to go see stage shows and stuff and just get ideas because like you know everything can help and everything is like we want to entertain people and we want people to have a good time and we want to give people the reason to come back and keep seeing us like so yeah the stage is the stage show is an element that is important to us too and it also it varies too like we do have uh different levels of well, we have different sized dragons and other things that might be 
a little different every show. And so. several spinal tap moments. Yeah, yeah. Fog machine. Yeah. yeah. Sarah's wings. You just never know what you're going to get. Do your abs go up to 11? <laughs> oh, yeah. You know it. <laughs> you can need to um, outdo spinal tap and set your amps to 13. Something, yeah. Yeah, I, I mean. think you're right. <laughs> I think we're spinning yeah. gold right now. We need to do yeah, that. Yeah, we might. Absolutely. I think I'm going to, you know, I'm writing that down in my idea journal. <laughs> 23. Uh, it has to be 23. Yeah. And yeah, look, we never really thought about that. You kind of refer to Spinal Tap, and I know you kind of um, consider yourself comedy-oriented, but were you influenced by the power metal bands of the 80s, like the Ronnie James Dio's and the Sabotage? Um, this is Sarah. I, I, I totally appreciate them. I, no, I, um, I like more theatrical um performers and other other genres of music i love like um like dusty springfield and scott walker um you know really melodramatic but not the um not the metal aspect as much although i appreciate it and yes i i love theatrical rock and roll well alice cooper yeah. was the king of that i know you guys have to be in the cooper right <laughs> yeah alice cooper uh alice cooper um was one of the things I heard like from my older cousins when I was younger. I was like, Ooh, what's this? This is pretty awesome. And, but yeah, you know, Sabbath, Black Sabbath. Um, Very theatrical. Yeah, really. I mean, and just sound wise too, there's a theatric aspect just to their music, you know? So Very much. Like it's that. very like horror films that Black Sabbath yeah. is like, you can just hear that. Yeah, also like but the also, Misfits yeah. too kind of has a little bit of that element. Oh yeah. Oh, yes. oh definitely. Yeah, for being such simple, like straightforward uh, rock and roll. I was in a Misfits. I was in a Misfits tribute band, so I totally get it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I mean, music to me isn't about. Not that I don't appreciate a band like Iron Maiden or you know Yngwie Mosteen or. Joe Satriani, these guys that could go fucking insane <laughs> on the guitar for 20 minutes straight. I'm yeah. more into like the straightforward, what I call lunch pail punk rock, which is just like simple lyrics over simple riffs that people can understand and rock to, which is what music totally. is. To me. Yep, yeah, that's yeah, it. I'm in. And you want to connect with people, um, you know, as a band, it's important to connect with people. And simple songs do that, songs that they have hooks with and people can sing along you know um it's entertainment it's a way to communicate you know if it's all obscure and if we're up there like taking ourselves too seriously like somebody get us off the stage because that's, <laughs> that's oh yeah there's that. a lot of assholes that take themselves too seriously nowadays <laughs> that's for well, sure Believe it or not. Look at each other and be like, hey guys, look, look, look at us, look at us. We're like, hey, everybody, let's do this together. Like, yeah. we're in. Like, let's go. Yeah. We should always oh, totally also mention uh, Freddie, our drummer, who can't be with us here today. She's out in the battlefield. <laughs> Victoria, <laughs> blood and skulls field. for you to drink out the of. The retail, the retail <laughs> battlefield. <laughs> yeah, the retail <laughs> battlefield. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, and it is a battlefield. Yeah, someone has to guard the ba uh, Bastille while you're on air, I guess. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's right. 
Can't let yeah. the invading hordes come in during our podcast. That wouldn't be good. <laughs> no. We're always, you know, on the lookout, you know, protecting our rear flanks and stuff. Your rear flank's important. I'm a big fan yeah. of protecting your rear flank. <laughs> so let me ask you this, because we live in such a fucking political pressure cooker now. And as bright, independent, free-thinking people, how do you keep the politics out of the music? Because when I played in punk rock, we were always putting political elements in it. We we tried to mad magazine satire it and make it like a mockery. But nowadays, there's a lot of anger and a lot of negativity out there. How do you separate yourself from that, especially if you see issues come up where you're like, man, I want to use my platform to speak on these things I'm passionate about? I don't think there is a way to remove yourself. Um, You know, after um, November 6, 2016, um, things got really, really intense, as I'm sure you know. You don't Um, say. What happened that day? (laughs) I don't know. The Mindy Project premiered? I don't remember. It was yeah, it's it's all foggy to me, but um, I don't know. If somebody remembers, let me know. It was There's um, something it was about really, that yeah. So it was like um, you know, up until then we were really comfortable. I realize now, and you know, it was like oh, gimmick, gimmick, gimmick for every song. Um, but for about a year and a half, we didn't write anything after that. Um, because where do like you can't just be complicit. And, and not say anything. So actually the first song that came out of that long kind of like break was our new song called Fight of the Valkyries. And it is in, in total direct reference to everything that has happened since then. And it is a political song, although it's like, it can also be a metaphor. It, it's, it's, we're using like the whole Valkyrie, the whole Viking, the whole battle theme as a metaphor for what is actually currently happening. Um, you know, but anybody who would no disagree way. with that metaphor wouldn't be probably be smart enough to get that metaphor. So you're not alienating yeah. anybody by kind exactly. of cloaking it in this like South Park does. I mean, South Park has this great way of making points, but doing it in such a fun, humorous way that people, most people don't get pissed off from it, where you see people flip out on Facebook all day about anything. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God, True. yeah. We're doing our job as entertainers still. Like, we're not losing our own personal style and integrity by, um, you know, just, like, blindly losing our shit. But there is anger in that song, and there is there is discussion in that song. It's, people want to go, but it's a, it's a way that maybe a listener can it and make it their own it's a metaphor you know the whole battle the whole viking thing and um and then we make it funny live we're, we're working right now with a pretend eagle that flies through the, the <laughs> room when we because there's an eagle cry in the song i don't know if you pick that up and we're trying to get some um a dance troupe also <laughs> nice any chance you'll bite yeah. the eagle's head off because then you will be making a huge statement Oh I God, would, but so in. that would, it would be so, it, I don't know. I, people might be like, oh, you're trying to be Aussie, Sarah. You know what I mean? I don't know. I think that's next if I level. Could fight, it's made of nylon, though. It's like a, it's a lawn ornament. So I don't know how easy that would be. Maybe I could make one out of fondant or something. <laughs> <laughs> and glitter well, comes out. Glitter comes out. Yeah. Bite the head off. <gasps> Ooh, Grab that like idea that. notebook. 
More gold. <laughs> All right, that's a great segue. Let's play some of the new song, Fight of the Valkyrie. Um, before we go into this, does this mean there's a new album coming out? Yeah, we are currently writing new stuff. We're just, we just started, so um, hopefully by the end of this year, it will be ready to go for everyone. Right on. All right, let's play some Fight of the Valkyrie, and we will be right back.
All right, we are back. Hey, so I was looking at your kittens video, and this is something that really struck me because I watch a lot of behind the scenes stuff, and I saw this behind the scenes making of kittens. And I've got to tell you, more so than eh, 85%, 90% of bands, you guys look like you're having so much fucking fun. What is the collaboration like? Like, I can't imagine you guys even arguing about anything. <laughs> we, oh, yeah, I'm we, judging we from that laugh. That. Too long. Sometimes there's ideas that may clash, and then you have to say, no, this is what I mean. I mean, that's my take on it. But um, there's never anything that we're, like, you know, too serious about. Um, we get through it. Because, yeah, it's so much fun in the big picture. We're so absurd and ridiculous that that's what we have to focus on. You and know? the videos, um, making the videos is very fun, too. Because, you know, you've already done the song and you know put it under a microscope and mixed it and mastered it and all that stuff but like you have a video you can just you know recording more stuff oh we can use that or not use it so we just kind of you know goof off freeform yeah and it's it's usually the funniest stuff because it's just organically naturally coming from it's organic it's our expression Organic. Organic is good. That's how I try to run things around here. It's just everything organic, kind of free flow. I don't want to sit there like whatever that actor guilds guy is and just kind of rattle off preemptive questions. I just kind of want to chat with people because I think it's important as artists that people just kind of talk and bounce ideas off each other. And then hopefully, because I'm pushing 50, I want to give back to the people in the next generation that can kind of hear these conversations and hopefully get something from it. And that's like my way of paying it forward. Mm, that's Great. good. And that's what we should all be doing as creative types, right? It's kind of paying it forward and helping the next person out. Because to me, I'm real into this thing I call weaponized creativity because I believe art and music and that whole genre is kind of like the last stand against fascism. So where Absolutely. I used to give to like, all these different types of charities. Now I focus all my money into giving to the arts. That's awesome. That's art is so yeah. essential. It, you're right. It is the last weapon. I mean, God, it's so important. Right, because it's, it's the thing that makes you feel. It's the thing that makes you passionate. And if you're kind of walking around like a zombie, and even if you're angry, if you're, even if you're one of these dudes that are like fucking pissed off all the time, you can kind of penetrate and diffuse that with comedy or with music in a way you could never have a rational, intelligent conversation with someone. Absolutely. It's so powerful. So really. I think and that's yeah, the truth. So that's where I'm hoping, like, I'm just, I'm kind of hoping that all this music and all this art and stuff, I mean, everybody always says punk was the best door in the 80s, during Reagan. But I'd like to look back at a microscope of this era and see what's coming out now because we've been doing podcasting since 2013. And I think creatively, things have never been more potent than they've been in the last two years. Wow, that's interesting to hear. That's, that's great to hear. Yeah, because I mean, yeah, I was just kind of talking to the bands I grew up with up until a couple of years ago. And then I was cruising around YouTube looking for stuff. And I was like, wow, there are people just doing amazing things now. And I think it's in direct reaction to what's going on in this country right now. Agreed. Yeah. Uh, that's yeah. That Thank God that's not broken. Right. The ability <laughs> well, honestly, to do that. Yeah, for sure. When they start silencing our art is when we'll know that there's a even bigger problem. Like we already have a major problem. And so like the fact that the art's coming out and it's so aggressive is like is letting us know that like at some point it's going to turn i think and it's going to 
and it's going to become more important. And it's going. To, and so I, I love what you're doing. But I think art's kind of winning, though, right? I remember I used to go in comment threads, and anytime somebody who wasn't like Ted Nugent or Gene Simmons, any artist who said something anti-Trump, the comment threads would be like, "Shut up and perform. Just shut up." Or any actor or performer, just shut up. You know, I don't want to hear this. Just do your thing. And I don't really see that as much anymore. It's kind of like art has won that fight. Has won that art. Art has. It mm-hmm. has, and it's because artists are way more clever. We're smarter. We're we're stronger, and that's that's you, that's just like a really strong force. I I think. Mm-hmm. No, I agree, man. I think that's aptly put. Art is stronger, and art is more clever. And once again, that's why those South Park guys get away with what they get away with, with minimal right. hate. Because I could go on Mad Magazine's thread. It's like screw you, Mad Magazine, socialist. Uh. But you go on the South Park threads, and it's just like guys are just kind of like, oh, whatever. So, I mean, I think they've mastered being able to cloak their um, political positions or whatever point they're trying to make in comedy so well that it penetrates in a way that when I used to have a political show a hundred years ago, like, there's no way I could use that formula now to reach people. It'd be impossible. Nope, that's for sure. Art is the only way to do it. All right, well, let's move on and talk some more music. With you guys, it's like... This is another thing I was wondering as I'm sitting there kind of watching. I watch some live videos. I do a lot of research. With you guys' more Nordic-type themes, is the audience participation and intensity different if you're over across the pond, as they say, if you're over in England and playing over in Europe than it is here because they feel more of a connection to the material? I think it's pretty much – we have – no, I don't think so. Um, I feel like it's pretty fluid. Everywhere we go, you know, um, we're, we're, we don't focus too much on just the Nordic thing. It's more of a, a general, like, you know, who doesn't like dragons, right? Yeah. Um, Peace Dragon's my favorite movie growing up. <laughs> oh, it's so good. <laughs> and I had a flamed poster of Ronnie James Dio over my bed. Look out. I used to love that guy. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> nice. Exactly. You still do. Just, he sings oh, it in the car. It's kind of wild. I never see it without like my hands flailing around, like "Look out!" Doing like devil hands. <laughs> you can't just say "Look out." Who could say that? You like, can't. Look out. It's just yeah. like it has to. It's an. It's a whole thing. <laughs> yeah, I love that guy. And he has oh, this legacy of like a you know a really caring, cool human being, even mm-hmm. though he's this you know rock god or whatever. He's, there's nothing like. Uh, hateful about him you know he's just like yeah i love it cool. plus he Very was well. smart. He's a he was a good yeah. performer and he was a pt barnum type which i used to call myself the pt barnum of punk rock because I think that like P.T. Barnum got America. He understood America in a way very few people have. And I think Ronnie James Dio kind of had a little bit of that P.T. Barnum like encoded on his DNA. And he was just a smart, savvy marketer of his music. I mean, because if he was to say it out loud to somebody who didn't know any better, yeah, there's a short little guy running around talking about rainbows and dragons and like <laughs> just thrashing on the keyboards and stuff like like people wouldn't even be able to wrap their head around it. Like this sounds ridiculous. But he pulled it off in a way where it didn't take itself seriously, but it was still awesome. And you kind of forgot about the inherent silliness of it all. And it was like, oh, he my God. It too. Oh, he lived he it. Yeah, he, it. Yeah. He lived in a castle. So, yeah, he oh, lived that so lifestyle. That's so awesome. <laughs> Every time he saw an interview with him, he was like sitting next to a fucking suit of armor and shit or coat of arms. I love that. 
That's awesome. That's the life. That's, I mean, that's us too. Like, we're a little weird. Um, like, everything we do, we believe it fully. We're passionate about it. And I think that that's a huge, huge part of uh, performance. You know, you have to be convicted and you have to be a little off just in general, which is good. Off is a good thing. Mm-hmm. And you, you can't throw it in. Yeah, you have to really be confident in who you are and who you want to present to the world and I really I love I've been scouring your guys's website um this evening I'm just like that you know these are people who just you guys know what you want to do you know who you are and you're just like here here is me and if you don't like it well sorry <laughs> I love that yeah I love that it definitely comes through thank you thank you for um, picking up on that it's true like we always say this to each other that really doesn't matter because at the end of the day like we have to create to stay alive we are that person and um and we have to amuse ourselves first because we won't feel confident to put it out there unless we're happy with it so it it is very genuine in that respect that's awesome well Savic musk has been together five years right 2014 Yeah. yeah how do you feel about the trajectory of the band are you where you wanted to be did you could you imagine five years ago that you would have gone this far how are you guys feeling about where you are today compared to when you started out i like it i'm, I'm really happy we've done a lot of really cool things and we have met so many other artists and um just our audience are met so many cool people because mm-hmm. of it we've traveled really far um and i want to keep doing it until the wheels fall off you know um but we can't complain. Yeah. I mean, I can't complain. I love it. No, yeah, we, we, we never really had a big game plan. You know, we just kind of rolled with it and said, maybe we, let's try and do this. Let's try and do that. And, and I think we've done more than we ever really even thought of doing to begin with. We just wanted to do it, like Sarah said. We just do it because we do it. Yeah. I kind of feel like a cheerleader in the band because I'm always like, let's go. Yeah, we totally can do it. And even if and if someone's Motivational like, speaker. Know. Yeah, that's kind <laughs> I'm just like, come on, come on. And I feel like that. Yeah, Christina's awesome like that. Yeah. Christina's really always good. like super up for anything. Everybody is. And I think it's because we're all kind of just like, we're lifers. We've been playing in bands for a long time and we've just accepted that's what we do so i it's just cool because like if somebody has an idea someone else is like oh my god totally let's do it why not life's an adventure this is an adventure what a great opportunity that's you know? an and amazing that. attitude to have that's incredible i love that about my band members yeah and you guys exactly. do have a long history, a long musical history. With this band, do you feel like you've kind of come home, that this is what you're going to be doing, this project forever? Well, I think we're all doing all kinds of projects at all times. Like, um, But this is like, I mean, who knows? It's probably going to be my like last hard rock band, but I should never say never. Of um, course. Um, but, you know, I mean... It has dragons and fog machines. Yeah. No way, dude. We're going right? to Vegas with our lounge act, I thought, man. Oh, oh my God. Christina, tell them. You're, I totally, yeah. <laughs> That's all Sarah's, man. We're taking this band all the way up until, like, when it's time for us to do our lounge act in Vegas. Nice. All the songs, all the songs are easily, um, they can be totally transposed to lounge music. <laughs> and you know we're gonna we're gonna become that golden era you know that golden age and we should just gracefully become lounge you know and all our peers will love it 
that's, as they that get older and you slowly transition, it's like boiling frog. They won't even know that they're at a lounge show. Exactly. Like it just happens so slowly. Yeah. You'll become the that's golden girls plan. and nobody will even know. Exactly. I, plus, it's I also already, think yeah. that type of music is transferable to lounge. I remember Pat Boone, like 15 years ago, did an album called A Bit in a Metal Mood. And he did like yeah. a bunch of like Metallica and ACDC songs lounge style. And it was like the most mind-blowing, fucking incredible thing I ever heard. Right. So I definitely yeah. think it's transferable. <laughs> Wasn't there also that's, that that's other the album? Plan. There was that, uh, what was it, Loungeapalooza? That, and so a bunch of lounge actors did like 90s songs. That and I did like, not know. Yeah, it's called Loungeapalooza. I remember like Steve and Edie do like a version of Black Hole Sun or something like that. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah. That's beautiful. Transition. Yeah. By the way, not to get too slack here, there's something just for pure sick curiosity I got to ask you guys. I, on your Facebook page, I saw you had a couple songs on there, Hindsight and Power Suits, but I couldn't find them anywhere involved in like the music, like as far as band camp and stuff. Is that stuff that was just demos or what were those songs about? Early songs. We didn't record well, them on the album. On the record. Power Suits is it is? on the record. It's not? No. no. Oh, I thought is it, it, it was on the record. No, it's like oh, one yeah. of our very first songs, and we still play it. But yeah. <laughs> Clearly, I don't even know what we record. Uh, <laughs> high and tight? I don't know. We just kind of, you know, you go through, you evolve into the next bunch of songs. We have some other songs we've played live that we haven't recorded as well. But um, as we go into making a record, you know, all that will come into consideration. So, you know, we have kind of a repertoire sitting there. Do you yeah, have live more focus on one than the other as far as studio versus stage? Do you guys put more importance on the live show, on the studio, or does it each have its own little bubble that it sits in? Oh, it's so different for me. Yeah. Um, you got to perform in both, but um, it's different. Uh I, you know, it's different, but it, you have to keep the same feeling that you would have live when you're recording. Yeah, but yeah you can yeah. Um, focus more, I think, on just the audio when um, when you're recording in a studio. That and um, taking funny pictures while the other band member is doing their track. That's always important, <laughs> of course. What's that process fun, like, yeah. though? Are you bringing in, like, a little rubber dragon or a stuffed dragon to kind of keep you motivated? Are you just, are you immersing yourself in that world as you're recording in the studio, or are you saving that mostly for the stage show? I'm so bringing a rubber dragon to the next recording session. <laughs> I think I'm in we, the mind yeah. state, for sure. I'm in the mind frame when we're recording it, because that has to translate with just a voice, right? For me, um, mm -hmm. Like I can't perform or put on like a shiny outfit and, and play a dragon, but that has to come through with how I sound. And that's like, that's like one sense that you're, you're working with one tool. So it, maybe it's a little more pressure actually to record. Is that how yeah. everyone feels? It's more, it kind of amps up the pressure to record and the live show is more freeing. Mm. Yeah, it has its own, it's just a different realm of performance. You know, when you're recording it, I got to get this thing down to how I really, the best representation of how I really want it to sound um, and put that, uh, a record of that. So, you know, other people can hear it, obviously. I feel like I focus yeah. on my part and I, yeah, I feel like I focus on my part for the session, but I kind of lean on Mia and Sarah for the final. And then, and then for the stage show, I kind of lean on Sarah uh, and Mia for the stage show. 
because like you know they're two do- totally different things and the feels are similar but like everybody's got their strengths and like I Sarah's ideas for the stage show just like kill it all the time so I feel like we all kind of bounce back and forth between like who does what and how we do things yeah we just kind of use everybody's strengths to whichever thing we're doing and uh, um and your vocals and Sarah's vocals yeah. of course Sarah kills it. Yeah, and try to have fun with it, you know. And uh, I don't know. We kind of just passed the point where live, we're just really, we're really tight and just gel together, and um, where we can actually loosen up and have more fun doing it, you know. Um, yeah, I have that symbiosis with the audience, which is like a highlight for me as a right. performer. Yeah, I like so watching Sarah. And playing music in like the 80s and 90s. I mean, I remember my first band in high school was a band called Cat's Eye. And I and Ooh. instead of a C, I used a K because my last name is Cat Sore. So it's like Cat's Eye. And um, <laughs> it was all about like, we're going to get the record deal. Like, you know, like fucking Josie and the Pussycats. We're going to play in our garage and Mr. Big's going to drive by and hear us and pull in and be like, you want a record deal, kids? You've got Foxy. Jump in the uh. limo. You know, and, and now it's because you've got this Google machine, you can just kind of sit down and put everything on there. And I just, I feel like the stage show today is more important than the album. But maybe 20 years ago, it was the opposite. The album was what brought people to the show. And now the show is like, well, you pick up the merch on your way out the door as a remember. Yeah, oh, yeah. definitely. Yeah. That's a, yeah, I mean, I agree with you. Um, it's really interesting because with I mean knock on wood like till this point we're so fortunate because every time we have played somewhere if somebody doesn't know about us or they don't know our music but they watch our live show every time people we have somebody that's like oh my god that was amazing you guys I, I you made me smile you made me laugh and they are they're they're with us then and, and it's very loyal and awesome and that that is something that we're so fortunate to get to have because yeah i mean the live show is what seals the deal for sapphic musk for sure and i think that's a good thing like i like that things have kind of gone in the opposite direction now because i like going to shows and when i was in the 80s little metal kid i would go to these huge stadium concerts like motley crew and i'd be way up in the peanut gallery and some dude would do like a fucking obnoxious 20 minute guitar solo and you couldn't really see them and then i went to my first punk show at the black cat in dc i went to see the vandals and it just changed my world I was like, dude, I could spit on this singer if I wanted to. Like, he's five, ten (laughs) feet from me. And the show is, like, I'm getting the show all over me. Like, I'm walking out with, like, show residue on me. Back (laughs) out into the fucking city. And I'm like, this is what it's about. I'm connecting. Like, this is just a spectacle going to see Metallica at RFK Stadium. This is just a freaking spectacle. But going to a show where you're just right there and you could just feel everything. Yeah, I mean, I'm glad that it's kind of moved more into that realm. But then on the other side, you have so much music online now and so so much access. It's like you, you have to have the stage show because online you can't stand out through all the white noise. There's just true. so it's much so out true. there. Yeah, totally. I mean, we put Agreed. our stuff up. I was in a band called Even Steven 100,000 years ago, and we put our stuff up on SoundCloud. And I'm like, why would anybody even click this? Like, what's the payoff of the click some band that was around 20 years ago that had like nine so fans much. back then? Like, there's no payoff for it. 
Right. So I'm yeah, glad you, that this is the way it is now. And I think you guys are smart that you presenting a stage show. Once again, it's called a show and being theatrical because that's something I love. And I think that's important in music. Absolutely. Yeah, we're going to. Oh, I was just going to say we we're going to have to come out there to Tennessee or Baltimore if you go to Baltimore. <laughs> but we'll have to come and um, see what you think. Oh, no. If you guys go to Baltimore, I'm already planning on going out there because I'm working for my friend's immersive art experience and we're moving out to Baltimore. So I have to go out there about once a month now anyways. Right. So I'm planning my trip okay. around you guys coming there if you guys come out to Baltimore. Woohoo! <laughs> so I'm looking yeah, forward to that. All right. Well, let's end on that positive note. We're hitting the 50 minute mark. Please tell everybody where we can find you on the interwebs. Friendster. And that's about it. That's a good place. All righty, kids. They're not on MySpace. There's this new thing called MySpace, and it's really cutting edge. All the cool kids want it. In all seriousness, though. In all seriousness, you can you can know more about us and follow us. We have Instagram. We have Facebook. Um, all of this can be accessed by going to sapphicmusk.com. That's S-A-P-P-H-I-C-M-U-S-K. Dot com. Right on. I want to thank you guys Love so it. much for calling in tonight. And I'm hoping you make it out to Baltimore. I was looking on your webpage and I didn't see a Baltimore show listed yet. So hopefully you guys will be making the trek out there. Mm-hmm. Sure thing. We'll thanks for having us. Yeah, Absolutely. So I love showcasing people that are out there doing positive, fun stuff, but still sneaking in a little bit of that message like in your newest song. Mm-hmm. Oh, thanks so much. Thanks. All righty, guys. We will be back in D. Almost a month, August 21st. What are we going to do for three and a half weeks? Um, What are we going to do for three and a half weeks? Oh, right. I have to build the website. <laughs> I guess I should ask, what am I going to do for three and a half weeks? That's a good Paste question. Paste the floor and fucking pick flowers mm-hmm. off the wallpaper. Skydive. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Skydive. Like... You know. He's already done that. I've got a great skydiving store if anyone wants to be bored by it. Yeah. <laughs> So, oh, is it great then if it's boring? I don't understand. Right? It's confusing me. Because I think things are great, and then I'm rambling like an old man. And So about 20 years ago, uh, my brother went skydiving. And he was like, yeah, me and my brother are a lot of like my brother Phil. And he's like, I went skydiving. I didn't really like it. I was like, well, how can you not like it? Everybody I've talked to said it's like a life-transforming experience. And he's like, well, you'll see. So nine of us went tr- skydiving. We get up there, and I'm an intense person, and I'm prone to panic attacks. So we jump <laughs> out of the plane. I'm tandem, but it's something I always wanted to do, and I said I'm going to do it no matter how uncomfortable it is. And it and there is such an intense – when you jump out, you can't hear anything. The wind's beating so hard you can't hear anything, right? The guy was like, you do want to pull the cord. He tells me when to pull the cord. I couldn't pull the cord. I'm too disoriented. You're flipping around. Everything's going a thousand miles an hour. So it's like, this intense impact of sound and visceral <laughs> senses. And then we hit a cloud and he opens the chute and it just goes from to just peace. And that transition <laughs> from just pure chaos to peace, right there, I started having a panic attack. So we land down, <laughs> everybody gets on the ground, right? And there's nine of us and a guy comes out with the certificates and he's like, Mindy Gregory, Danny DeSaris, and he's naming off all the names of the group we were with. And he and he walks off. He's like, thank you for coming, da-da-da. And he doesn't call my name. So now my sick brain is like, 
what if I died? And he's not calling my name. I fucking died. Oh and my goodness. In my head where I'm meekly like, uh, uh, sir, you didn't call my name. And he's like, you died. You're in hell. Ah. <laughs> but of course, he gave me my certificate. Um, so we go to Fuddrockers afterward. And let me tell you, the best part about skydiving is bragging about skydiving because I hated the experience. <laughs> and we go in a Fud Rocker, and they're like, "Well, what do you want?" I'm like, "Like all Top Gun, what do you have for men who jump out of planes?" I just <laughs> skydiving, and yes, I've worked up quite the hearty appetite uh, jumping out of planes <laughs> like a man does. It's a man thing to jump out of a plane. And um, yeah, that was the best part of skydiving. The experience itself sucked. But the two weeks of bragging about it was pretty fucking awesome. Nice. <laughs> oh, my goodness. I'm glad we could end with a laugh. All right. Thank you <laughs> for calling in. I'm getting out of here because it's almost past this little punk rocker's bedtime. Sweet. You guys are awesome. Thank you. Thank you. Thank so you. Much. Good night, guys. We will be back in a month with lots of cool stuff. Jump on Musical Osmosis on Facebook or we still have um, TinCan.media up until August 20th. Mm-hmm. So you can jump on there and listen to the archives. Alrighty, D, take us out. Uh, good night. <laughs> We're clear. <laughs>